Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Christensen. I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes for today's episode at bloggingbistro.com. And today we have a guest returning with us for the second week. Her name is Tisha Martin. Hi, Tisha. Hey, Laura. Tisha is a professional editor, and she's a writer and a contest judge, Last week, we got to talking about why it is a wise idea to work with a professional editor. And so Tisha introduced us to three ways that an editor can provide value to any type of writing project we may be working on. We had also wanted to talk about the different types of editing services that an editor can provide, we decided to break this up into two episodes. And so this week, Tisha and I are going to be breaking down for you the basics of the editing to publication process. And this is specifically book related, right, Tisha? It is. Although these things can be applied to other types of projects as well as books. But today we're specifically dealing with books and not necessarily fiction versus nonfiction, but any type of book. Correct. Yep. Okay. Walk us through it, Tisha. You and I have talked about in the past, some editors offer a range of services, like they specialize in a certain type of editing and other editors do it all. If I'm looking for an editor, I could conceivably work with someone who specializes in just one of these bits and pieces that you're going to introduce us to, or I could work with somebody who's going to give me the global big picture and help me with all the different parts of the editing process. Yeah. And with, and with that, it really just depends on what your manuscript needs. And if you want someone from start to finish, or if you'd want different people to look at your book, it just really depends on where you are at as an author and what your what your goals are and your needs are. What if I don't know? What if I'm a first time author and I'm I'm writing away on my book and I'm like, it feels like it needs something, but I'm not quite sure. I can't quite pinpoint. Is that the point where I should contact somebody like you? And if I did, do you do things like give the project a little overview and kind of advise me on where I might need the most amount of help from an editor? Yes. This is probably a pre- pre-levels with editing. So there's brainstorming and there's coaching. If you need help brainstorming, you would find someone who likes to brainstorm and you would Uh figure out, you know, they would help you unpack what's in your head and put it onto paper and kind of help you along the way. Now, if you have written, say, a draft manuscript and you're not sure what to do with it, you might hire a coach who can give you high-level comments about what your manuscript needs, or sometimes if you are not sure if you even need that, what you would do is you'd contact an editor and say, hey, I have this project. Can you look at it and tell me what it needs? I'm not really sure Mm -hmm. what it needs. And then that editor will typically do a sample edit. Say, okay, this is what, based off the sample edit, three pages, maybe five pages. It really depends on their model. So each like each editor is different. Okay. A sample edit to show you their st- editing style, mm-hmm. to show how they're interacting with the material, and to show you what your manuscript needs. And that in itself takes a skill because not every editor can do that. So they may give you a, a skill sample that isn't really what your manuscript needs. So you need an editor to be objective to help you assess 
what your manuscript needs. And there that goes into coaching. Typically, if the editor has the, the coaching experience. That's helpful to know. So I might need an assessment at the very beginning of my project to help me discern what type of help I'm going to need moving forward or coaching or brainstorming or editing or whatever it happens to be. So that would be good to maybe invest some money in hiring a professional just to do an assessment or a a read through of like you're saying three to five pages so they can tell me what I need. Because if you're working with a true professional editor like you are, Tisha, that person is going to be able to pinpoint within three to five pages pretty clearly what the client needs. Yes. Although, although I will say like I've, I've evaluated or assessed the first three to five pages of a manuscript that was written really well. And then I got the full manuscript (laughs) and the rest of it was (laughs) not so well written. So it really depends. So the editor should ask for the beginning, middle or ending chapters. I love that. Just not just the first few pages, because we, we want to give the author the best value. But if the author hasn't presented their best work for an assessment or their worst work for an assessment, how can we assess it properly okay. and professionally? <laughs> that is such a good point. So they need a cross section to work with. And I've seen this happen many times, too, because I've done my share of professional editing and proofreading. And oftentimes, especially if it's a first time author, they will spend years working on perfecting the first few chapters of their book and then the middle and end not so much sometimes that i like to call analysis paralysis <laughs> write the first chapter keep going don't stop yes, don't don't, stop. don't don't edit it to death don't that's what i did when i first started writing i edited my first chapter to death i got every opinion that i could on that first chapter and i was that's exhausting. Don't do that yes. to yourself. Authors, be kind to yourself. Yes, be write kind. that first chapter and keep going. Analysis paralysis. That's a phrase I use all the time too. It is not allowed when you, we're just saying that right here up front. Nope. Analysis paralysis, not allowed <laughs> when you're writing your book. It, it sure doesn't yeah. help you be objective for you as the author and to be focused. It right. just kind of stunts your growth. When we do what's called analysis paralysis, we are, like you said, you're getting opinions from everybody under the sun. And of course, everybody has a different opinion on what you should be doing or what you shouldn't be doing. And you hear all these opinions and you're constantly shifting going, oh, well, I got to make it do this and I have to make it do that. And then I have to go this way and that way. And pretty soon you're just overwhelmed and you get paralyzed. So that's where the phrase analysis paralysis comes from. And we're saying, no, don't listen to all the voices. Choose a few, a few key yeah, and, voices. And to, and, professionals. And uh, yeah, a professional. Yeah, you need you need at least three professional opinions. Ooh, I like that. To help you and people that you trust. Don't just ask your best friend. Don't just ask your mom. Find people who are in your corner. Is the person you're going to ask an author who has been published and you just absolutely adore their work? Ask them. If they're available, they'll let you know. Ask an editor friend who is skilled. Ask mm-hmm. people in your writer's group. Use yep. your writer's groups. Use your beta readers to help you with that You know, initial, do I even need to look for an editor or do I just need to keep writing? I don't want to say just hire an editor just because you've written a first draft. That may not be where you need to start. You may need to start with your beta readers. You may need to start with your writer's groups whether online or in person, 
an editor wants to help you. Mm-hmm. And, but an editor's time is also valuable. And an editor is an investment. They're not cheap and they shouldn't be cheap. Yes. I think anytime you hire someone to help you with any part of the publication process, whether that be editing, publishing, layout, typesetting, marketing, et cetera, it's an investment that you're making. It's a time investment and a monetary investment. So as you're building your writing business, be sure to have a budget and include Absolutely, editing yes. in your That's budget. Beautiful. A lot of people are like, I, oh, it's my first time. I'm just going to go the cheap route and do the whole thing for free. Unfortunately, oftentimes the product shows the lack of professionalism when people take the easy and cheap way. Now, I'm not saying you have to spend a ton of money, but you're putting it out there for the world to see. I mean, if you're distributing your writing to anybody other than your mom, dad, best friend, if you want to show it to the world, I think that you have an obligation to present it as professionally as you are capable of doing at that moment in time, given your time and your financial resources. Let's talk about the different types of editing that an editor may provide on the road to publication. We've already touched on this a little bit, but these types of editing have very specific names and the type of editing that you do has specific tasks that are related to that type of editing. So walk us through some of those types of editing, Tisha. I like to think of the different levels of editing as like different recipes and they each dovetail each other. So you can't have one without the other. With the four levels of editing, these levels are designed for excellence and for success. Don't skip any of them. If you can find an editor who is skilled in all of these levels, that may be a better bang for your buck because sometimes editors will have packages and be like, okay, you know, for the X amount of dollars, you can get all of this. That's a huge value. Or if an editor has only one skill set, they have, they know people they can bring on. So they can refer you or they bring can refer on. on. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Just because an editor doesn't have one of these level skills, don't panic. It's really okay. The first level is what's called a content edit. This is the big picture elements like the ingredients of a delicious recipe, it's like the main ingredients. Big picture, things are plot, pacing, characterization, dialogue, scene, setting, the beginning, middle, and end. The editor with the content edit will ask, what are the themes? What is the intent of the manuscript as it is right now? And are there any elements that can be adjusted to better enhance the author's intent so that readers can benefit and have the best reading experience. That's a content edit. Okay, so a content edit focuses mostly on the author's intent. The next level is the line edit. That is a big picture follow behind. We make sure that those ingredients are mixed really well and offer the readers an excellent reading experience. So with a line edit, as an editor, we might adjust the wording or best phrase um, we might adjust the order of sentences, chapters, or paragraphs. We're going to check for and query for consistencies with the character, the plot, scriptures, illustrations, facts, grammar, and mechanics, the minor and major details. We're going to make sure that the author's voice and intent is maintained because we know that that's the star of the recipe. Hmm. 
That's like the meat and potatoes part of it is, <laughs> the editing. Yeah, it, yep, it is. It's, that sounds like a big job. It is a big job. It's almost as detailed as a content edit. And some editors will do them together, which then okay. is a lot of work, which takes a longer process. But that might be helpful too, you know. So when the term line edit, does that refer to the fact that the editor is kind of going line by line, line through by the line. manuscript? Line by line, we are basically reading every single word, forwards, backwards, sideways, and upside, upside down, <laughs> and upside down, always upside down. <laughs> so let's say I've had a line edit. Then what happens? What do I do next as a writer? Then a copy edit might be a big copy edit, might be a, a light copy edit. It really just depends. And a copy edit is it follows the line edit. And it makes sure that the taste of the manuscript is just right. So it's not as detailed as the line edit, but the copy edit is going to look after the mechanics. So like grammar, punctuation, syntax, making sure the commas are all there, the, the quotation marks, none, there's none missing, making sure that consistencies with the character, like does the character have blue eyes throughout the manuscript or do they have blue eyes in one scene and brown eyes in the other scene? minor, minor details to make sure that, you know, there's nothing amiss. You know, the reviews, yeah. the reviews in books where they say, you know, the authors will say, or the readers will say, oh my gosh, they for, they totally messed up. That's a copy edit. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's so helpful to know. And that's where as a reader, and I'm a huge reader, I read about 115 books a year. I will often, and I love fiction, I will often get pulled out of the story, which you never want to have happen when you're reading a, a novel, but I'll often get pulled out of the story when the protagonist has blue eyes in one scene and brown eyes in the next. I'm like, oh, somebody just messed up there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whether yeah. it was the writer, the editor, the proofreader, or all of that the is, above. As a, as a reader, sometimes that, that annoys me. And if it annoys me, you know, it, it's very annoying. And I think a lot of times, like with a copy edit, because it is so detailed, there are things that are missed in a line edit that a copy editor will pick up because they're only looking for those specific details. And that's oh. why that copy edit is valuable. In between each pieces of the editing process. So we've got our content development edit and then our line edit and our copy edit. We're not just going edit, edit, edit one to the next. We are, as a writer, we're adjusting, we're rewriting, we're revising, we're making it as good as we can in between each type of edit that takes place. So after the copy edit, what happens next? If, if the manuscript reads well and it looks well, there's no details missing, then typically it will go be typeset or formatted. This is basically a specialized skill for the inside of your book. This happens before the proofreading stage, and this is basically what your book is going to look like before it gets published. So, so this is like uh, the printed or virtual it's, printed it's the page. Digital, yeah, it's the digital printed page. So they're going to, you know, format the titles and the pages and the font. And they're going to, if there's any pull quotes, they're going to format those within the, the document. And they're going to basically lay out your book until the draft version before it gets printed. So it's like what the reader will actually see when it gets bound, printed, or when you download it to your Kindle. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's the typesetting and formatting stage. And that's a very highly specialized. Then what comes after the, the book is typeset? What happens next? After the book is typeset, then it will go to a proofreader. And this is also very, very high skill because not every editor is a proofreader. Because here, this is the final stage before publication. Like after a proofread, there's no turning back. <laughs> this is the final version of that recipe that it's baked. It's done. It better taste good. It's either going to be a Microsoft Word document or a PDF. Just depends. And the proofreader is going to gather the inconsistent stragglers, those missing, you know, missing ingredients like spelling, punctuation, design flaws. Proofreaders should not miss the design flaws because it's more than the words. It's that presentation that readers are going to see. The proofreader is going to ensure that your book's, the overall visual presentation is excellent. Not perfect, not perfect, but that it's excellent. And that takes also a lot of focus and typically can be, it's an affordable cost if the line edit and copy edit was done well. Yes. I tend to specialize in proofreading. That's a type of editing, I guess, a part of the editing process that I've done the most professionally. And unfortunately, I have proofread more than my share of manuscripts in which the editing was not, it was sloppily done or it was not done at all. And as a proofreader, and an editor, I have this really strong compulsion to go back and do a line edit when I'm supposed to be proofreading. It is tough. It is tough to keep all of the levels of editing in their proper place. However, sometimes if you know a proofreader is reading it and they see major inconsistencies, they'll just go ahead and fix it and mm -hmm. work on it. It may it may eat up their time. It's going to eat into their cost. Now they shouldn't let it eat into their cost they would recommend, hey, you need a copy editor, hey, you need a line yeah. editor, I'm not ready, this isn't ready to proofread, which then comes in the honesty and humility part of it. If it's not ready for a proofread and an editor tells you that, writer, please pay attention, please listen, because they really do know what they're talking about. And that is going to require extra expense on the writer's part, because if there is substantial editing that needs to be done and your proofreader tells you that, that's going to require retypesetting either the entire manuscript or at least portions of it, yeah. which also so, is an additional expense. So then so then with, with all of that, so we've given the levels, the different levels of editing from start to finish and the ones that are kind of off to the you know beginning and the ending part of this. I think the most important aspects of the editing process when you get started is that assessment, is the content edit, and is the proofread. Beginning and end. The beginning and end and the middle. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the beginning, <laughs> everything's important. But if you don't have the beginning, if you're not off to the right start in the beginning, it's going to mess up the rest of that recipe of your manuscript, if you will. Have that good solid beginning. Make sure that your manuscript is developed beautifully and then every other level will also fall into place. And by the time it gets to your proofreader, you should have little to no mistakes. You're going to mm -hmm. have mistakes, but you should have little to no mistakes. Yeah. And then the proofreader is going to be like, 
author, I'm so proud of you. You did a beautiful <laughs> job with your editor. You worked well together. That is those levels. And if we can realize that editors are human, they're <laughs> yeah, bound they to are. make mistakes. <laughs> they're not perfect. But we as editors, we strive for excellence in communication, presentation, and relationships. Because without mm -hmm. excellence, we are going to fall flat on our face every single time. And editors and authors can cultivate such a beautiful relationship. And they can be a force that I hope will only continue and mature and grow for every success in the publishing industry. Thanks so much for that, Tisha. So informative and spoken like a true editor. <laughs> I was just laughing when you said the most important part is the beginning, the middle, and the end, and of course, all the stuff in between. <laughs> all of it, every single part, yes. So if you can find an editor like Tisha to work with who cares so deeply about every iota of your book and will be your partner in the publishing process, I think that you have made a very, very wise decision. So thank you, Tisha, so much for joining us today and last week and sharing your expertise with us. Thank you, Laura. And thank you, writers, for, for listening and for learning. And you can find more about Tisha and learn about her editing services at tishamartin.com. And I'll include a link to Tisha's website in the show notes for this episode. Also, Tisha and I are both members of the Professional Writer Podcast Community, which is a private Facebook group. Any of you who are listening are welcome and invited to join us. You can come there. You can virtually meet Tisha. You can ask her questions that you might have about editing. Now, she's not going to give you a whole ton of free advice because this is how she earns her, her living, but I'm sure she would be happy to share with you or to clarify any questions that you might have after listening to last week's episode and today's episode. So Absolutely. come join us there. You'll find the link in the show notes. Again, the link is at bloggingbistro.com. Thanks again, Tisha, for joining us today. Stay tuned to the Professional Writer Podcast. We will be back with you again next week.